0: Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. As always, I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com. For anything happening in the Denver sports world, make sure to head over to MileHighSports.com and just click on whatever icon you're looking for in the top right corner. They do college sports, all the major sports, they do some motor sports, you got lacrosse, you got everything over there. So for anything that you're looking for sports related in the Colorado area, make sure to head to MileHighSports.com. But today I'm going to talk about the Denver Nuggets as usual, but there's a lot of kind of interesting things going on. Obviously, I'll talk about the FIBA stuff. As of right now, all of the exhibition games are done. So I'll give a quick update on FIBA. I'll talk about what and what we have learned from each of these teams and how it relates to the Nuggets, whether it's Wancho in Spain, whether it's Nikola Jokic in Serbia, or whether it's Mason Plumlee and Team USA. Um, off the top of the show, though, I do want to talk about this... Um, I don't want to say out of nowhere because Les Shapiro of Mile High Sports broke this story on Tuesday, I believe, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, it was either the 26th or the 27th, about Altitude TV not coming to terms with DirecTV, with Comcast, and with Dish Network about being able to have the Altitude channel on their actual package of channels to watch. So the broadcasting of all Altitude TV is suddenly at risk. So we'll start out with some news from that. We'll get into some FIBA stuff, and then that'll basically be the podcast for today. Before I go any further, though, I gotta give some love to the Regulators Production Group. They are the people who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. Without them, this podcast sounds way more boring and way lamer than it actually is, so thankfully they came through made me sound better, so for any audio production needs, make sure you go check out Regulators Regime on Instagram. You can also reach out to Rod Simba, R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A on Instagram. Additionally, the, pres- the presenting sponsor of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast is none, of the- none other than Terrapin Care Station. So for any of your cannabis goods in the Denver metro area, make sure to go find your way to a Terrapin Care Station near you. For some more information on Terrapin, here is a quick read. As I said to start the show, the big topic we're going to hit off the very, very beginning is the fact that Altitude TV has not come to terms with some kind of carrier deal to where these different cable producing companies will actually carry the Altitude channel. So on Wednesday night, Dish Network and the Nuggets are going to have their deal basically end and they're still trying to renegotiate a new deal according to Les Shapiro of Mile High Sports, the the home of this podcast apparently the conversations have not been going well. Um, There is worry that the Altitude TV will not be broadcasting any games or any networking anything potentially into the avalanche season Um, this is according to Les Shapiro who said who spoke to some Altitude executives according to his tweet. In addition to that DirecTV and Comcast are also threatening to drop altitude, and their deals expire on the 31st, which is Saturday. So by the first of September, Altitude TV could be completely off of both of all three of DirecTV, Dish Network, and Comcast, which is essentially the three, you know 99% of all cable providers in Colorado. So to be able to lose all of that local connection, it, it's it's worrisome for sure. Uh, at the same time, though, there are these kinds of contract disputes all all the time, I'm not privy enough to know what is going on in the conversations between Altitude and between the rest of these cable providers. But there have been multiple circumstances that has been happening throughout America, honestly, throughout the entire country of where these big-time corporate, you know, cable providing corporations are basically getting played by the channels who are then using their leverage of being like, if you want to watch this show, call your cable provider and say, don't drop our channel, to be able to fight for better wages or better, you know, just a better price overall. So while Les Shapiro's report that it could go into Avalanche, the start of the Avalanche season is worrisome, I would be surprised if there wasn't a deal that was struck at some point by October 1st. Um, October 1st is a nice round date. I believe the Avalanche start their regular season on the 2nd of October. So it makes sense the last second deal comes together because nobody makes money between Altitude and between DirecTV, Comcast, and Dish Network if they don't carry the in-market sports. Events that are happening. And this is not just the Nuggets. This is the Avalanche. This is the Rapids. This is the Mammoth. This is the DU Pioneers. So you're talking about five different sports essentially that you are completely eliminating all ability to watch games from if these deals are not struck in some fashion. So I do imagine that by October 1st, there will be a new deal in place, likely with all three. Again, this is speculation. But as of right now, there is the threat that there could be no Nuggets games televised, there could be no games by uh, the Avalanche televised, no Rapids games televised, no Mammoth games televised, no DU hockey games televised, nothing, nada. And that would be very, very, very surprising I just don't know what other cable provider that they could go to they can go to the local TV and try and do it that way but so much of the money that these teams get throughout the season come from these TV deals with cable providers so um, I know there are a lot of people currently on the internet and other places yelling about the idea that there should be a a, a streaming service that Altitude puts out there from everything that I understand which again I am not a business mogul I do not set up television deals between broadcasting channels and actual cable providers so i'm a little bit you know i'm not nearly well read or understood enough in terms of this kind of an issue but from what I understand, the league itself owns the streaming rights for all of these teams. They then sell those rights to the cable providers to be able to play those games for in- in-game, in local market kind of situations. It's the same reason that you can't go on PlayStation View or Sling TV and watch any local NBA games. It's because the local TV stations own the rights and when those rights are not owned by the local TV stations, it is owned by the league at large to be able to stream it on NBA League Pass things like that. So the idea of Altitude being like, all right, screw it, we're just going to start our own streaming platform, it's not viable in that way from what I understand. Who knows? Again, the Cronkies are a billion dollar corporation but essentially. Billions and billions of dollars are owned by that family who also own multiple sports teams. So I'm sure there's some way if they wanted to or really needed to, they could find a way. Um, But that doesn't mean that it wouldn't take an incredible amount of work and an incredible amount of time as the Nuggets are gearing up for their season. Uh, Same thing with the Avalanche you start a little bit earlier than them so I would I would expect a cable deal to get struck by October 1st which is about a month and four days away from now Um, so we'll have to just wait and see it's a hard thing to kind of wrap heads around because why wouldn't they want to play these games on TV but the way that I see it is that this is an opportunity for Altitude to leverage the fact that they have so many fans of the sports that they broadcast to be able to create more leverage and negotiations to get a better deal out of it like I said earlier there is a lot more money coming from tv deals for these nba teams than almost any other circumstance that's why when the league at large on the national scale had their new tv deal go through there was such a gigantic uh, spike in the cap that eventually led to the warriors being able to sign kevin durant so think about it in that perspective the amount of money that is coming in from these cable providers who want to carry the game so the idea of just abandoning all of that money to try and start your own streaming service which would then take money and time I just don't find that viable, and I don't see a company giving up the money that could potentially be right there in their hands to go try and take a gigantic endeavor like that, so that's about where we're at when it comes to the news that Altitude will be dropped by Dish on Wednesday night and then DirecTV and Comcast on Saturday so that's about where they're at again it just comes down to money and contract negotiations it is interesting that Les Shapiro is speaking about the fact that executives are worried that this will not be figured out by the start of Avalanche season but from my speculatory view on this right now I could also make the argument on a devil's advocate kind of uh, plane that it'd be very easy for the Altitude executives to say that it's not going to get fixed by the time the season starts to rile up more fans to call DirecTV and Dish Network and Comcast to try and get more leverage in this deal even quicker. Um, The Nuggets uh, preseason begins on the 8th of October. That's like 41 days away. And the Avalanche preseason opener is on September 17th, which I believe is like 21 days away. So those are the dates you're looking at for when they're trying to get to a deal. I would imagine that they wouldn't be completely terrified of not carrying avalanche games for the preseason again october 2nd i believe is when the avalanche season t- uh you know the puck drops for the avalanche season so that's about the date october 1st that i'm looking for a deal to get done and i do expect a deal to get done it, this seems a whole lot more like leveraging than it feels like a situation in which the nuggets and avalanche and all of these different teams are going to be suddenly blacked out from actually being able to be broadcasted on different occasions Providers. Denver is a sports town, man. This town is not just going to roll over and just deal with it and just, you know, oh, it's okay. It's just sports. It's not that kind of town. This will get figured out. There will be enough public outcry to get this deal done that the deals will get done. Alright, moving on. Quick little FIBA update since we last talked because we haven't talked in, I would say, five or six days just because things have gotten busy and crazy, but... For a quick FIBA update, Serbia played three games since we last talked. Uh, They beat Italy, they beat New Zealand, and they beat France. I believe they are now 10-0 in exhibition play. The really only noteworthy news of this is that Nikola Jokic finally started a game. It was the last game of the the exhibition run against France, so that was good to see that Nikola Jokic is finally being utilized in that way. He's still playing a ton of power forward, and he is still not really being used in the way that I would like to see him used, which is unfair because I am not a coach. The coach of the Serbian national team is an old-school kind of guy. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit later, but it is good to see Nikola Jokic finally start a game. Uh, The USA team lost to Australia, as I'm sure you have heard about plenty at this point, and then beat the Lights out of Canada. Another little quick little piece of information for USA is that Mason Plumley has officially made the final 12-man roster. You already know this. I also wrote about it on Mile High Sports. Good for Mason Plumley. He's one of two players to have any Team USA experience on the roster, so they actually needed him. Uh, moving forward, the Spanish national team and Wancho Hernan Gomez, they beat Argentina, but they lost to Russia today without Marc Gasol. Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez has been starting at small forward for them. Take that for what it's worth. He hasn't been amazing, but we'll talk about him in a little bit so now that all of the exhibition games are over I kind of just wanted to take a moment to talk about what we've learned from these exhibition games so far about three different teams that are directly correlated to the Nuggets, as well as the players who are on the Nuggets roster. So let's just start with Wancho Hernan Gomez in Spain. Uh, So first of all, Wancho has not had a standout game. He has not had any moment where you're like, that is an NBA player playing an international play format in which he is the superior talent. I have not seen a moment like that at all. Um, I also, he has not been able to shoot very well. Box scores are about as rare as anything when it comes to FIBA exhibition games, so I wish I had more numbers for you but he has only shot something like 20, I, I would put the number around 25 to 30% from three, and he's about a 40% from the field guy for right now in these exhibition games. So he hasn't been efficient, he has not had a standout game, nothing like that. With that being said though, he has looked healthy, he has looked more athletic, he had that 360 dunk that he had in the in like one of the very first games for the Spanish national team, so really we're just waiting for him to put it all together, because we just haven't seen that happen yet. Uh, Spain will always be strong in the FIBA World Cup, but they just don't have the same talent and depth they have once had. They have to get at least a good game from one of Willy Hernan Gomez or Marc Gasol. Uh, Marc Gasol was not injured physically. He was sick, so he should be fine to come back. Um, they always need great backcourt play. Sergio Alol is fantastic. Ricky Rubio has been a godsend for them. It's just amazing to me how Ricky Rubio turns into Steph Curry with size, handles, and a little bit more athleticism when all of a sudden he's playing for the Spanish national team. Um, that's definitely an exaggeration. But Ricky Rubio has been on a tear as he always is, but they also need one of their wings, whether it's Wancho, whether it's Rudy Fernandez, to be strong on both ends and just be able to round out any rotation that they're playing. Spain is just not as feared as they once were and it would be a big deal for them if Juancho Hernan Gomez could catch a rhythm and a little bit of fire as a shooter because that would just open up so much for them and for Juancho who is going into the most important year of his career Um, he has not been able to stay healthy, he has not been able to stay consistent, he has not been able to consistently see the time on the floor, so this is the year with him heading into restricted free agency next year that Juancho Hernan Gomez needs to prove that he can be an NBA player and continually help an NBA team, specifically the Nuggets and that's starts right now in the FIBA World Cup. Again, it's just an exhibition game, so we'll have to wait and see, but that's kind of where I'm at with Spain and Wancho right now. Let's move on to Nikola Jokic in Serbia. Um, First of all, Nikola Jokic, man, he's looked so good considering he's playing out of position. They're playing a style that doesn't necessarily bring out the best in him, and there's not a ton of shooters around him. Despite all of those facts, his energy has been incredible. Um, I would say he's looked as mobile as I could have possibly expected. He's looked really, really mobile considering it's been the offseason. This is him coming out cold, and he's been able to do this. Um, Whether it's horizontally, whether it's from end to end in transition, Whether it's just getting down and recovering onto a guy, whether it's rotating out and switching on the perimeter and defending smaller guys, Nikola Jokic's mobility has just looked like I would say 10% better than it was, which is a gigantic deal for a guy like Nikola Jokic because his one gigantic drawback is that he is not athletic in any way, shape, or form. If he can get quick enough to be able to beat guys to spots and things like that, it is going to completely change his ability to be a helpful defender on the floor. He's already a decent defender. He's already, again, a helpful defender. What he is not is a massively impactful defender yet, and being that much quicker just provides so much more versatility. Um, Beyond that, his mental awareness on defense has looked incredible. Everybody probably saw the highlight that went viral from the render on Twitter, where Nikola Jokic watches them flow into a left-side pick and in role points out to Jovic where the play is going to happen, where the pocket pass is going to happen before it actually does. So Jovic steps into that passing lane, and as he does, he gets the steal. Nikola Jokic saw that set two sets ahead of the time. And to see him using that kind of mental awareness on the defensive end of the floor, you start talking about Nikola Jokic being able to not just be a passable defender, but a guy who can help you on the defensive end of the floor consistently. So the fact that he's looked more mobile and he has looked more mentally prepared for the defensive end of the floor that's a very 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 big deal in my opinion and also I mean he's still hitting cutters like like the passing savant he is he's still unstoppable down low when he wants to be he's still passing up too many mid-range and open three kind of jump shots still he's still Nikola Jokic but to see him grow in these ways has been awesome. Also, Serbia as a team has just been playing together incredibly well. Nikola Jokic has sometimes taken it upon himself to force the offense to move through him, more so than he has year in years past of international play, which is great to see, and I think a big reason why is because he's so comfortable with the players. He's so comfortable with his teammates. These are friends of his. Him and Boban are good, good, good friends. So, I do think that the chemistry has allowed him to take up a more vocal leadership role and demand the ball a little bit more but with that being said now that Jokic is finally starting There are some questions that I have leading into the World Cup, the actual World Cup, not the exhibition games that we have been watching. So first off, the coaching staff has had him come off the bench for every exhibition game other than one because he was not around the team enough. He came into training camp late, which is not like he was tardy. There were just other things that he was doing for the Nuggets to where he went in late. And because of that, he didn't start because they felt that he was behind, which for me, someone who has so for a player as incredibly intelligent as Nikola Jokic is, it's really hard for me to understand why you would make the argument that his familiarity isn't up to be able to play him in exhibition games as a starter to help his familiarity with his teammates grow. So regardless of that, I'm going to let that go. Um, the things that are going interest, to interest me the most is how they're going to utilize him. Are they going to play Nikola Jokic at the 4 a ton? Because they have been, and they have tons of centers on the roster. So if he is playing at the 4, are they going to use the center and the dunker spot like the Nuggets did when they played Mason Plumley and Nikola together? Or are they going to try and make make Nikola Jokic a four? Um, Jokic may have to, to demand the ball to force himself into those Nuggets-esque actions that he wants to run to be able to get the offense to flow through him in the best possible way. And that's going to be a very interesting development. Will Nikola Jokic be able and want to go out there and demand the ball like that? So those are the things that I want to see happen now that Jokic is starting. How How involved is he going to be in the offense from a schematic point of view, from a coaching point of view? Is he going to play a ton of power forward? Is he going to get more center minutes than he has? And is he going to demand the ball when he needs to? Because Serbia is going to need him to be that guy at different points. Um, Lastly, Let's talk about Mason Plumlee and the USA team. Mason Plumlee does everything this USA team needs. I was so wrong, so, so, so wrong saying that I thought Mason Plumlee might get cut so they can keep more guard depth. Um, He just does everything they need. They need a strong screen setter. They need a guy who rolls hard to the rim. They need a guy who can attack the offensive glass when they need to, but also a guy who defends his ass off and cleans up the defensive glass. He's one of only two players on Team USA who has any international experience like this. So, Mason plumley in terms of a guy just to fill out the front court rotation in terms of the toughness, the athleticism, the filling your role to the best of your ability and playing both and playing both offense and defense. He just fills exactly what you need still though. Team USA is vulnerable, man. They This team is not the unbeatable team of years, path. There's a reason that FIBA's website, their power rankings have had Serbia number one for the past, what, week and a half? Serbia, in my opinion, as I've already stated multiple times, is the better team. Team USA is vulnerable this year, man. I don't know what's going to happen. They still probably have more top-to-bottom talent, but they don't fit as well together as the, as the Serbians do, so... That's all. That's really all I got. That's the update. We're going to be moving forward to FIFA World Cup very shortly now, now that exhibition games are over. So hopefully that means we can finally have some box scores. Hopefully that means we can finally watch some games that aren't on terrible streams. Hopefully that means that these games will start to mean a little bit more, which means we'll see more from Wancho, more from Jokic, and we'll see how much Mason Plumley plays. But... That's really all I got. I know it's a quick podcast today. The big thing is the altitude conversation. I still think that altitude will get this deal done, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But until next time, this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. It has been a pleasure to talk to you guys and we will talk to you again in the future.